Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, Danny Sarek joins me. It's hump day. Literally, it's Wednesday, and DJ Humphreys is back on the field and talking to the media, the latter of which is always entertaining. Also, we put the wide receiver position in the spotlight, more specifically, Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 649, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. Real quick, Danny, are you superstitious? I don't know if I'm superstitious, but I... Okay, I would contradict myself. I guess a little bit on certain things I would be superstitious about. Okay, because we found out on Wednesday that DJ Humphreys is superstitious, and I'm not exactly sure if I'm buying it, but it does make for a good story. We have not heard from Hump in a while. One, it was good to see him back on the football field on Wednesday's OTA. He's been rehabbing on the side because of a back injury that basically cut last season in half. But mentioned that he had not spoken to us in a group setting because he's superstitious. The season began so well for him in 2022, played well and just said, you know what, maybe that's the reason. Because I'm not, I speak to the media, I enjoy it, but... I'm not going to anymore because I'm playing well. I, it was a nice, it was a nice answer. I just, I just didn't quite buy it because I miss hearing from Hump. I haven't had a chance to fact check, but Hump was saying that like the first three weeks of the 2022 season, he didn't give up a single sack, and so he kept pushing back, talking to the media, seeing if that was correlated at all. So he joked with us when he talked after practice Wednesday and said, "Yeah." If, you guys don't hear from me for a couple weeks and I'm playing real well and now, now you know the reason why so there you go but it was really great to see him out on the field and see him working with the rookie Paris Johnson Jr. It was wonderful to hear from Hump who is arguably the best personality in that locker room. Actually somebody phrased a question in the media that he might be one of the best personalities in sports and Hump immediately interrupted the question and said yes I am. It was great to hear from him. And that's why, one, and this is something that we learned when Humphreys was drafted. He had that personality from the get-go. And when you have players like that, young players that come in, whether they're drafted, signed as unrestricted free agents, you want them to do well because they're a joy to talk to, whether just one-on-one or in a group setting, because they are. there's always something there. And with Humphreys, there is always something there. He always keeps it light, keeps it entertaining. But when necessary, yeah, he'll get serious when needed. Right now in the offseason, you can joke around a little bit. But to your point about him and Paris Johnson Jr., the interactions between those two, I think it's a telling sign and it's a credit to Humphreys because the question was asked, you know, you're helping out someone that is your heir apparent. The goal is for Paris Johnson Jr. to be the future left tackle. I mean, there's a end date for every professional athlete, and Humphreys gets it, understands it, 
and then brought up that, look, I'll do whatever I need to do to make sure Paris Johnson Jr. is ready and able and capable because at the end of the day, it's what's best for the team. Goes back to what Jonathan Gannon says. Team first, you second. It was a really interesting conversation really with Humphreys because it was a couple of questions on that topic with the media about how when I'd asked DJ about Paris, he joked and said, yeah, he's not like a young hump when when I came into the league who thinks, you know, drafted and knows everything. And Humphreys was talking about how when he was new to the league, it was very popular that a lot of the veteran offensive linemen around the league wouldn't really go out of their way to help you because you don't want to help your competition. And Humphreys has said that's not the type of person he is. It's not the kind of player he's wanted to be. So he's been really adamant about not wanting to be that type of veteran. And so we saw him. Paul Cavisi tweeted a video of Humphreys helping out Paris a little bit on a move one-on-one. And when it was brought up about the fact that the Cardinals drafted what you would hope would be the future left tackle, Humphreys smiled and said, look, every year I've been here, they've drafted tackles and guards and I'm still here. And not in a cocky way, but in a confident way of he knows his abilities and he's not going to change the way he goes about his day-to-day business on and off the field to be ready for week one because they drafted Paris Johnson Jr. The caveat to that is Paris Johnson Jr. is the second first round offensive lineman the Cardinals have selected in 15 years. And so if they felt that way to draft DJ Humphreys, the other first round offensive lineman draft pick for the Cardinals... They think pretty highly of Paris Johnson Jr. However, I did think that it was a really nice conversation the way Humphreys was talking about how important it is to make sure that Johnson and the other rookies and even the other veterans who have been around the league who are new faces here, that everybody's on the same page because what we've seen from this offensive line the last couple of years is the importance of versatility and depth when it comes to adversity and it comes to injuries. And Humphreys was talking about how he wants to make sure everyone understands what's going on and everyone's on the same page so that whoever ends up next to him is able to give their best and they're able to work cohesively. He mentioned about the importance of the offensive line. Quote, people don't understand the importance of the offensive line and still those guys are not out there. And it's true because if you don't have a solid offensive line, you don't have a solid offense. If you don't have a solid offense, you're not scoring points. You're not scoring points. You're not winning ball games. So yeah, it does begin and end, as they say, in the trenches. The difference, though, in this situation, you mentioned it. Paris is a first-round draft pick. The closest thing to a tackle getting drafted before Paris Johnson was Josh Jones. But that's a day three selection. So there is a little bit of a difference, but it's just good to see that help, that assistance. The veteran, and yeah, Humphreys is a veteran, even though he still kind of sometimes acts like a rookie or a young player, it's still kind of odd to have him mentioned as far as the longest tenured Arizona Cardinals, whether offense, defense, or special teams, and that's a credit to Humphreys, but willing to put your arm around the young kid and say, all right, this is what we do, this is what is expected, and to Paris's credit, according to Hump, he is a student first and knows what he does not know, which I think is everything for someone coming into the league, even though there's a high expectation and a high ceiling for your first-round draft pick who the Cardinals might have been looking at with the third overall pick, let alone the sixth overall selection. I think it's pretty easy to understand why when head coach Jonathan Gannon spoke to the media Wednesday prior to Humphreys taking the podium, 
when asked about Humphreys and what he brings not only to the field but adds in the locker room. And Gannon said that that is one of the players he relies on when it comes to creating that culture and being a leader and helping out the younger guys. And I think it's clear to see why Gannon feels that way. Good news is that Humphreys is trending in the direction that he will be ready week one or even going before that training camp because Humphreys has been the mainstay. Before last season, he had started 48 of 49 games, but that back issue, and not that Humphreys, not that he was scared, but anytime you mention back and then the possibility of surgery, Especially for a big guy, an offensive lineman. And Humphreys mentioned that it was only three months ago that he was able to, maybe in his head, all right, I don't need back surgery. Because once you have surgery on your back, now the rehab is much longer. And then there's just such the unknown about, all right, how are you going to feel coming out of it? And it's one thing to just do the day-to-day things. Another thing to play offensive lineman where you're bending down and the back is getting pulled and pushed in different directions how are you after back surgery? So they're going to be cautious with Humphreys because he is still your franchise left tackle. But we have seen the progress from in the weight room, on the side of the field, and then now actually on the field, doing a little bit, not a whole lot, but again, baby steps for your franchise left tackle. It's great news. He didn't need back surgery. That's that's not easy for anyone to come back from and play football. And again, a big player. Which was interesting because when we were watching practice, we were kind of chatting on the side and thought, oh, DJ Humphreys looks a little slim, which makes sense if you're really focusing on rehab. He's not, hasn't been able to lift maybe as, as heavily as he would have at other times at this point in the offseason because you're recovering from that back injury. So it makes sense. He looks a little slim. And so I asked him about it of, is this going to be a new way of how you're going to look at putting on weight coming off a back surgery or not surgery but a back injury rather of are you gonna maybe try and play a little slimmer not have as much you know weight weight to deal with and he laughed he was like I'm normally slimmer than this you guys just don't see me in the off season but I don't like to have to eat as much as I do in the regular season to maintain my weight so in the off season I just like to eat when I'm hungry and so he was saying he he drops down to about 265 in the offseason. And he's, I think he said around 297, 298 yep. as of late when he weighed himself Wednesday. Um, and the goal will be he'll hit his goal. He said, you know, 305, 310, which is his normal playing weight. But it was funny of he was joke, which, look, we, we stream every press conference. And I do recommend going and listening to what the players and coaches talk about. But I really recommend going and listening to DJ Humphreys on our website or our official YouTube channel because he's so great. But he was funny when he was talking about his weight because he says he likes looking at himself in the mirror right now. And and he he's ready, not ready to retire, but he's ready that whenever he is done playing, he's, he says, no problem. I know I'm going to drop down to 250. I'm going to have a six pack. I'm going to throw out all my shirts in my closet because I'm not going to need to wear them anymore. He said like just by adjusting his food to only eat when he's hungry, he drops down naturally to 265. So he said there's going to be no problem. And while, of course, he's happy to put on the weight because that means he's going to be football ready, he said he's not looking forward to where those extra 10 pounds or so are going to go because he's not going to like the way he looks in the mirror as much. On the roster, he's listed at 307, which is where he'll be once the season begins. But he has that personality to where he would be phenomenal in front of a camera or on radio. Not that we're trying to replace anyone within the Arizona Cardinals broadcasting department but yeah there was a 
And I'm glad it was you that asked the weight question because typically it's it's the question that you're not supposed to ask another I individual. <laughs> it's a little different in yes. this. And, and really just because he is coming off a back injury of is that going to affect how much weight? And he said he's really focused on taking off the body fat. Um, but I, I do think about that too of like, oh, I don't ever want to get asked about my weight unless ask someone about theirs. But it made sense for this, and Hump was great. Humphreys, though, made sure to mention that he's been, quote, a fat boy my entire life. So that's part of where his personality <laughs> comes from, because if you can distract or be that distraction in the room, then all of a sudden your appearance is not the focal point. It's, oh, what a great guy to be around, and let's make sure Hump is around and in the room. So many great talking points from that press conference. The first question of really just asking how it felt to get back out there, and he looks at Darren Urban, he's like, <laughs> Well, have you ever been in ISS or had silent lunch? And in my head, I'm trying not to laugh because I'm like, oh, gosh, there is no way Darren Urban missed a day of school, no less, had in-school suspension or a silent lunch because he couldn't keep quiet. And DJ said, that's how it felt getting back on the field as I was in ISS or silent lunch and then reunited with my friends. Well, our colleague Darren was quick to point out and bring up to Hump that, no, I was a good student, so I do not know what you are talking or yeah. referring to, No doubt DJ. about that, yeah. No, lot, lots of good quotes from DJ Humphreys. I recommend going and listening to his press conference from Wednesday. So one more week of on-field and classroom activity for the Arizona Cardinals. Next week is minicamp, mandatory minicamp. And I'll say this, Danny, yeah, mandatory, but there's been a lot of players in attendance, whether on the field or inside rehabbing, i.e. Hump, Zach Ertz, Kyler Murray, have not seen a lot of players just not be here outside of Buda Baker. It's been well attended, and I think it bodes well for not only the players but the coaches as well. And there's just a part of me that when you have so much change and you're trying to make an impression, Humphreys doesn't have to worry about this. Coaches know what he can do. But all this newness, it benefits you. Why wouldn't you be here for, I'm not talking about, all 10 OTAs. I mean, Jalen Thompson, Isaiah Simmons were not spotted on Wednesday, but they've been here. It's not that you need to be here every day, but make the effort to be here, be seen, and start learning. And that's what we've seen is that effort from the players who were here last year of really making it a point to be here and start to build chemistry with their new teammates and accountability with this coaching staff making sure they understand the scheme and the nuances because there is a learning curve it, it's not as big of a curve if you are a veteran and maybe you've moved around the league a few times and have seen a bunch of things but that's still there for every player and that was something that I believe it might have been brought up to Zayvon Collins er, earlier in the week by the media and so it was kind of talked about since then is the feeling of pressure of there's no this coaching staff isn't you know, held to anybody in particular that was here before them. So you have to come and you have to come prepared and you have to give it your all and you have to show that you are making an effort and that you are progressing in the film room and out on the field and that it's a little good to have some pressure because that's how people are going to be sharp and they're going to be on their A game and they're going to know you have to come and you have to prove why you deserve to be on this team. Pressure can be a good thing because it can bring out the best in individuals. And there's a couple of individuals that we heard from on Wednesday within that wide receiver room, Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore, where I believe that there is some pressure, whether by us from the outside or just themselves, and they're looking at their playing future. And let's start with Hollywood Brown, 
because the pressure that he is under, and I don't think he feels it himself, just listening to him on Wednesday, he has that confidence in himself and his ability to where now all of a sudden there is no DeAndre Hopkins, there is no A.J. Green. He, talking about Hollywood, becomes your number one wide receiver. And we've had the conversation before, Danny, here on previous episodes of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I do not believe that Hollywood right now is a number one wide receiver. By default, he is within this team. And when I say number one wide receiver, I'm talking about those receivers, and there's only a handful. Maybe a third of the league has a number one wide receiver to where opposing defenses, the defense focuses on that player. We always talked about D-Hop, dictates coverage. I don't think Hollywood Brown is in that spot yet. Can he? I think that's the question that we need to be get an answer here this season. The here, I think that might have been the first time I've heard you explain it in that sense, which makes me feel like we're maybe not so far in how we view Hollywood Brown being a number one receiver. I see what you're saying in terms of around the league, right? The Justin Jeffersons, yep. the Stefan Diggs. I understand you feeling that way. I think where we had differed in the past is that you have a little more hesitation than I do in the belief that Hollywood Brown, not to necessarily put him in that category, but that I think I feel stronger that he can be that type of number one receiver that does dictate the way defenses are covering him and covering this team. And I understand the fact that in his first year as a Cardinal last year, he was injured. He got injured week six in Seattle with a foot injury and We never got to see him play with DeAndre Hopkins and kind of see that 1A, 1B type receiver. However, Hollywood has been that go-to receiver before in his career in Baltimore. And he has this such a strong connection with Kyler Murray, dating back to their time at University of Oklahoma, being best friends, being able to communicate without talking and knowing what the other is thinking that I think if we can, again, we're not going to have a full season because Kyler Murray is coming off an ACL injury. However, I do think that connection is so strong that if other pieces of the offense that were really lacking last year can just kind of click a little bit more, which makes me feel hopeful with the scheme changes, that I do see Hollywood Brown really being able to shine. And that that's not – there's no other option when you look at this wide receivers room. It, it Hollywood has to step up and he has to be that type of player. And I don't really have a doubt that that can't be him. And I think his speed is what really makes him stand out um, to have that ability. We did see moments of it, flashes of it early last season without Hop on the field. Hollywood became that number one guy and excelled very well. Still finished the season leading the team in catches and second in receiving yards. But with the focus now all on him, the spotlight on him and the other pressure of it's a contract year. I mean, that's, you know, that kind of pressure does one of two things. Either it motivates you and all of a sudden, oh, they're performing well because of his contract year, or you wilt under that pressure because it's so much because you're thinking beyond this season. I don't get that sense from Hollywood because he, I wouldn't say he dismissed it when asked about it, but he did say, quote, I got to put in the work, talking about it won't get it done, end quote. And that's the one thing I can say about Hollywood, just listening to him on Wednesday, is his confidence in his own ability because he does put in the work every single day. Well, I will say this. If he doesn't have a great year that warrants a new contract with the Cardinals, what are the odds he has a great enough year to warrant a contract with another team where he would you know, have the same opportunity? So I see that in a sense of 
him probably wanting to just go and ball out for a new contract, not necessarily just thinking about like Cardinals or what's on the line. If you want to go out and you want to have a great year, and especially because he wasn't able to have even a full season last year, I'm sure that that's probably more on his mind maybe than the contract of I want to go out and just prove what I can do. And I think in order for him to reach that level to a certain extent of being that top receiver, you're really going to need the other receivers around him to do their do their part and try and shine in whatever way they can to try and make things a little more difficult for the defenses they're facing. Well, that's what was so successful about Hollywood in the past is he had Mark Andrews with the Ravens where defenses had to account for the tight end. Now here with the Cardinals on offense is that Zach Ertz, if healthy, is that a Rondell Moore on the other side or lined up next to Hollywood Brown? Is that James Conner in the backfield? There has to be more than just a Hollywood Brown for this offense to move the ball up and down the field, get into the end zone, and for these players to be successful. You can't just rely on one singular individual. And right now, there's going to be a lot of attention on Hollywood just because he is that one consistent presence who has a resume. Everyone else you can poke holes in, even some of the newcomers, Zach Paschal, who didn't have a lot of targets a year ago, was targeted a lot when he was with the Colts. So can you go back to those three years prior to his season in Philadelphia in 2022? So I'm anxious to see how it all fits together because I don't think it's just going to be, all right, Hollywood, you're going to line up on the left side. Your speed is 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 too good. Your burst off the line of scrimmage is too good. You're going to move around, and JG talked about that vertical speed and the horizontal speed as well coming across the middle. The players are obviously not going to give away much of anything when asked about the new scheme with offensive coordinator Drew Pensing. Everybody spoke very highly of it, and the only thing we're really getting from players is that there's going to be a lot more movement and a lot more running the ball, and that's pretty much what we've gotten and I'm not sure we're going to get much more at I this think point less five wide unless you're looking at second third and long of maybe 15 20 plus yards because Rondell Moore even brought up three receivers meaning you've got that tight end or an extra back on the field I don't think we're going to see a lot of five wide 10 personnel this season right and that that was the point of I was going to get to is just when it comes to receivers like Hollywood Brown, like Rondeo Moore, this scheme might be able to be a little more beneficial for their strengths and also leaning more into the strengths of your tight ends and your running backs and maybe a little more cohesiveness and flexibility that's going to allow you to do more things you want to do, um, maybe control the game a little bit better. Anxious to see what it all looks like. I don't know if we'll get to see any more next week during mandatory minicamp or we have to wait until training camp. Quick question. Do you believe Safety Buddha Baker when he said recently to Cam Cox of 12 Sports that when it's time to show up, he'll show up? Are we believing Buddha Baker will be here for mandatory minicamp? I do. Same. Look at us agreeing on something. All it takes is Buddha Baker. And I also believe that Antonio Hamilton, who we also have not spotted during open practices will be here as well and Calvin Beecham again present on Wednesday as he was on Monday I wasn't expecting Beach to show up until mandatory minicamp because there are a handful of players out there I don't know if I would put Hamilton in that category but if you're secure in your own 
skill set and your position on the team, this is voluntary. You don't need to be here. Now, is it beneficial to be here? I think so, at least from the outside looking in. But we're talking about June, and none of this really matters until you get to September. I agree. I, I It has been nice to see the amount of veterans that have been here, which we were talking about of a lot of that probably being the new scheme and really want to make sure you're getting off on the right foot. Um, but I, I don't think there's a question whether or not Buda Baker shows up next week. It would be a huge surprise if he is not here. It would be a major story. Now, he wouldn't be the first veteran to miss a mandatory minicamp in the past. We've seen players, Jordan Hicks, Chandler Jones, were your excused, or in the case of Rodney Hudson, not excused, and that's a story in and of itself. But based off the interview that Baker did with Cam Cox, I'm expecting number three to be seen that's a good point. Is because he, whether he's on or off the field is a different story. But is he seen like a Kyler Murray has been seen as opposed to going through position drills, teamwork, and all that stuff? That's, interesting. That becomes a question for next week. Interesting. The only thing that feels different is the other players you mentioned is Baker's not in a contract here. And I think that's a lot of this is he has two years left on his contract. So he doesn't necessarily have a ton of leverage. I don't really see him doing any sort of hold-in or not playing. So I, I would think that if Buda Baker is going to show up, I'm going to lean towards he's going to show up and he's going to be practicing next week. All right, something to pay attention to. Mandatory minicamp begins next Tuesday, and then it's basically five weeks of freedom before training camp begins. The other wide receiver I wanted to bring up as far as the pressure for this season, and maybe it's more – Internal pressure and also a little bit of an external pressure as well, and that's talking about Rondell and the injury history that he has. And it was brought up, what was it, three or four minutes into his Q&A with the media. It had to be asked, and when it was asked, I believe it was by Darren Urban, you could tell. And Rondell Moore, as great of an individual as he is, not great in a group setting, in a formal setting when it comes to the media, he's he gives you what he wants to tell you. He's very reserved. That's a, that's a great way to say it. Not very open. And when the question came up about injuries and the new training staff, shrink team, the look that Rondell Moore gave was more of, I get it, I understand it, I still don't like it. And that's more probably not against anyone that was asking it, but he understands that he's two seasons into his league, going into year three, and as he mentioned, he has not finished a season, and that is a concern. But what I did like about his answer there was when asked about how that felt to think about the fact going into year three and he hasn't played a full season, it wasn't, oh, it sucks, it wasn't anything out of my control. His answer was, I can't change that. I can't it is what it is I, I can only control what I can control and he had high praises for this strength and conditioning staff and that he's been focused less on strength like he was coming out of college early in his career and a lot more on mobility so you know that he is very aware of what you know obviously has been occurring to his body throughout the early parts of his career and he's trying to rectify that and trying to prevent any of those injuries he had groin issues last year and he mentioned he had two you know groin procedures he had 
a pinky that was all jacked up. If you follow him on Instagram, you saw the wacky picture oh, a couple months ugly. ago that didn't even give us a jump scare before he posted that. So he said that he's been feeling good and he's been working hard and also working intentionally. I understand why you would feel hesitant because that's pretty much all the media, understandably so, has to really talk to you about is not just how your role, you're expecting your role to change with this new offensive scheme, but it's really that and it's injuries. Because unfortunately, he hasn't had an, a lot to really build around his career other than that. So I could understand maybe the hesitation or frustration if you're constantly having to talk about those injuries and you're trying to move past them and you know that that is what it is. Um, but I do like Rondale. He is very reserved when he gets in front of the media. But when you get a chance to talk with him, one-on-one he's very sarcastic he likes to joke around have a lot of fun when I did the game on episode the inaugural run last season where we played mini basketball he was a blast to kind of poke some fun with um so he's just very reserved and and I understand if you're just constantly having to talk about the injuries and what's prevented you from really making a a huge impact on this team yeah, if he didn't have this cloud hanging over him all the time, then yeah, maybe he would be more open and lighthearted. But when you're talking about, okay, it's the groin, it's the hamstring, whether here or in college, there's always been something. And he mentioned that, again, unfortunate, but it's not something that he can't work to try to avoid. And that's where that, instead of trying to get stronger, because he's got legs that are like three times the size of an average human being. He is strong, but is that the best for him based off of his size and what is needed within this offense? They don't need him to be strong. One, they need him to just be on the football field, and they want to see that speed. We have not seen Rondell Moore unleashed, if you will. And that goes beyond the let's split him out, screen pass, and have throw it behind the line of scrimmage but really take the top off and see what he can do within this offense. And that, that's why this is an incredibly important year for him of if you're going to have a full season, which is the goal every year, but if you're going to come in healthy, you need to really show what you can do since you have been so limited up until this point in your career. And that's not just needing to have a big year because you have a new coaching staff, but also personally, like you want to go out and you want to show, look, I know what I'm capable of doing and I haven't been able to do that to the best of my ability, let me show you what I can do now that I'll be healthy. And again, based off his size, much like a Hollywood Brown, are you inside? Are you outside? Are you both? And how do you fit in the taller wide receivers of a Zach Pascal and a Michael Wilson? So you've got a good mix here as those first four wide receivers, and we'll see what happens beyond that. Is Greg Dortch a part of that? Is there someone else? How many wide receivers do you keep if you plan on using more tight ends within your offense? Maybe you go shorter as far as the numbers in that wide receiver room where you're not keeping six or seven like previous seasons under Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe you just need five. And depending on what happens at running back or offensive line, but you got to be able to stay on the field, and that's the one thing Hollywood has not been able to do, at least wearing a Cardinals uniform, and certainly Rondell Moore since he was drafted in the second round. I'm very intrigued once we're able to get into training camp and preseason really be able to see more of what we're able to see in OTAs because the players are limited in what they're physically able to do right now. Michael Wilson, the rookie receiver, is very intriguing from how people have talked about him. Jalen Thompson brought him up last week of a receiver who has stood out. 
And when Rondo Moore on Wednesday was asked about Wilson, immediately big smile on his face about the energy he has and the type of learner he is that as soon as Michael Wilson was drafted, he got Rondell Moore's number and he texted him about how excited he was and Wilson shows up and he asks all these questions and he's here to learn. And it's very intriguing that somebody, look, you can only stand out so much in OTAs, right? Especially as a rookie, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. However, as somebody who is from both sides of the ball now, a name that has come up from his teammates, it'll be very intriguing to see Michael Wilson do a little bit more than than what we've been able to see. Aside from Paris Johnson Jr., the most talked about rookie has been Michael Wilson. And to your point, how much can you really see or learn when you're basically just, I wouldn't say going through the motions, but it's not full speed. But just watch, and for those when training camp does arrive at State Farm Stadium, watch how Michael catches the football. He doesn't catch it in his chest he goes and gets it and he catches the ball on the run and if you can get those yards after catch which this team has struggled with and that's partly because of the way the offense ran but if you can throw that ball and throw the receiver open so to speak and then all of a sudden maybe you're not that fast but if your route running is good excellent then all of a sudden all you need is really a half step and you're beyond that defender and then you can get six, seven, eight, nine, ten plus yards after you've made the grab. It's a great landing spot for a rookie of DeAndre Hopkins no longer being here. He's one of the few receivers who's really adding some height to a otherwise pretty short receivers room. When Kyler Murray gets back healthy, his ability, I mean that that's a pretty great spot if you're a rookie and you're able to make the most of it for someone like Michael Wilson. Speaking of the rookie class, the newest flight plan episode talking about the rookies debuts on Thursday, June 8th at 7 p.m. on the Cardinals official YouTube channel. Go inside the draft room on day one. All what we appear or what we know is to be a hectic 10 minutes when the Cardinals were on the clock with the third overall pick. You got Paris Johnson on his first visit to the facility. Rookie minicamp rookies at a D-backs game. And I believe also Michael Wilson featured in the flight plan episode that is debuting on Thursday, June 8th. Our department always does a great job with these, taking you behind the scenes. Even access, Danny, that I'm not even aware of or footage that I've seen of, and I'm within this building. Yeah, but that's because everyone tries to keep you out of the loop, Craig. (laughs) Do my best to be involved in everything (laughs) possible, and it sometimes just doesn't work. By the way, um, one quick final note here when we talk about flight plan and flight specifically. Because who knows when you and I will be in this room again? Because I believe once minicamp is done, aren't you not done? Yeah, forever. Done forever. This is my announcement. No vacation. You can't get rid of me that easily, Bird Gang. We tried, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Trust, trust me. They have tried to replace me. <laughs> I'm like DJ Humphreys, though. They bring in replacements, and I'm still here. Uh, no, I am taking advantage with along with most of our department, which is fantastic of the break because the players will be off, the coaches will be off, you know, around the 4th of July. So it's really nice that our department is going to be able to take advantage of that break as well. Um, No, I am. I'll get to what you're talking about. I am taking uh, a big trip with my family overseas. I'm very excited. We've never done a family vacation like this before. And I leave in about two weeks. So it was... uh, I got a little stressed. It was kind of close to look on the app for this airline to look at my first flight 
when I leave from Dallas over to Italy with my mom and one of my sisters, and I realized my flight had changed. And I just did not, yours, no one else's, just mine. And I did not know that. And I was leaving much earlier than they were. And look, at the end of the day, it would not have been the worst thing, but heaven forbid something happens, I don't particularly want to be separated from them and having to deal with reuniting with them or if, you know, something crazy happens. So I tried to fix it on my own and was told that the flight was overbooked and I couldn't get back my original spot, which I've never understood why flights and hotels and you're overbooking. It's a, I don't like yeah, it. Pet peeve. So I called my dad, who is a lifetime platinum member with this airline. And I just, he was just, I just explained the situation. He said, okay, I'll handle it. 10 minutes later, I get a text when we're watching practice and it just says, you're back in your original seat. I was like, I don't know what he did. He wouldn't tell me what I asked. He just took care of it. And he said, look, I'm already making my contributions to the trip. So don't forget this. So big shout out to my dad who got me back on the flight with my mom and my sister for the first flight to go uh, over to Europe. So very grateful for whatever it took for him to get back on that, to get me back on that that flight. couple stressful hours alleviated just like that by Mr. Sarek. Just like that. He's the best. Awesome story. And that's a great way <laughs> to end because we know he listens all the way to yes. the end on every single podcast show or whatever Danny is involved with. So enjoy vacation if we do not speak again, but uh, have fun and uh, maybe or maybe not, we will see each other at training camp. Oh, come on. You know who I would be pretty wild uh, if I did see in oh, Europe because we, we learned about this yes. was Jonathan Gannon was on with on 98.7 with uh, Wolf and Luke and also learned that he is going to one of the countries that I'm visiting in Europe. I'm not sure the timing. I haven't had a chance to ask. But what would be the odds if I am abroad with my family and JG, I believe he's going for like, I think it's a 10 year wedding yep. anniversary. And I just see him and his wife. I feel like if he saw me, he would... Either one roll his eyes and walk away, or the other option would be he would like fall out of his chair laughing at the coincidence. So I'm going to keep my eyes open wide to see if I see JG roaming around, because that would be pretty crazy. Dave Pash also travels to Italy Dave Pash frequently is, I feel like he's going to be in the very <laughs> nice you know, vineyards and drinking all the nice wine. He's going to be, he knows his way around. I don't feel like I'm going to really cross paths with Dave Pash, but I will also keep my eye out for him as well. Well, we expect a full report when we are all back together ahead of training camp for the 2023 Arizona Cardinals season. And uh, again, props to uh, Mr. Streck as well to make sure everything is handled and young Danny is no longer stressed ahead of this family vacation. I wasn't as stressed as I, one, should have been or two, could have been. So that was, I really wasn't that stressed considering it was a pretty stressful thing. Oh, I'd be stressed. I'd be very upset. But you handled yourself well. Thank you. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai. Proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.